live <laughs> i'm here it is <laughs> here with keegan dylan mark twight we are in the studio discussing perhaps something that might sound like a rant to begin with but that's not the purpose um the idea of a guru comes up frequently um because i think we're inundated with a culture that appreciates somebody of special knowledge and somebody who um sells himself as a, a seer of sorts, someone who can see behind the veil, as the old shaman a tagline goes. Um, and I think <laughs> given uh, the, the climate of, of things being posted recently, I think it's a good subject to hit on. So, Especially leading right into the CrossFit Open if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> we get all sorts of... Uh, well, in any industry, I think there, there's going to... I mean, we can take it out of the fitness world and, and find out pretty quickly... Um, that there's a guru of every industry. Yeah. But my, my first exposure to the guru was uh, kind of a funny one. Um, there's a, uh, a hairdresser. I won't, I probably, probably shouldn't say his name because I still have friends in that industry. Because <laughs> hashtag me. Yeah. So, <laughs> two. <laughs> me three. Is that, that's the new one. Um, he, he's a, uh, well, he's a, he has a Scottish accent. Um, and he has created quite the name for himself and an array of businesses. And he's a fairly wealthy man by now, but it turns out he's actually from Denver. <laughs> and he dresses like a pirate. And, and that was the first, like, people would always look to him like, oh, he's his expert. And he would, like, get on stage and cut people's hair with a sword or a fucking torch. And he would just, like, people were in awe that he was able to do this. And then they didn't realize, like, my first reaction was like, I want to go see that girl crying after the show is over. <laughs> like yeah. after she looks in the mirror right. and sees that a torch actually doesn't cut your hair, it fucking burns it off. <laughs> and now you actually need a haircut. <laughs> and now you actually need to fix the hair. I was like, I, I always wanted to see the result from it. So uh, that, that was my first exposure to guruism. And then I got into the fitness industry. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck, this is a different level. <laughs> it's, it's way worse here. <laughs> um, I, I think... I don't know. You obviously, Keegan, have, have dealt with your own guru mentality. Sure. Um, but I have something that is particularly interesting to, um, I guess, it'll give us a, a prelude into this discussion. So I, I read this article on McSweeney's um, quite a while ago. And, it, and it, it was funny when I read it until, like, shit started. I couldn't tell where the joke was because it's almost too real now. So uh, I read a post from, you know, a couple different people who I consider gurus on the internet and had a laugh until it got so real that I had to reference back to this article to make sure that it wasn't a joke. <laughs> it's pretty, I mean. <laughs> like, this can't be real. No, there, but it is. And so I'm, for a new, um, maybe a new format for the podcast, I'm now going to read the article it was on McSweeney's. It's entitled, My Fully Optimized Life Allows Me Ample Time to Optimize Yours by Holly Thiessen-Jones. In which case, <laughs> the title alone is a play off of uh, an interview with Dave Asprey, who's the CEO of Bulletproof, who um, 
is a fucking guru. Um, for whatever, he had some interview, I think it was Business Insider, um, followed him around for a day, and he just like, how this sounds was mocking that entire interview, and when you read those back to back, you can't tell which one's the joke. So this one is for sure the joke. Um, so I will begin. I rise blissfully at 4.30 a.m., thanks to my Tibetan singing bowl alarm clock. After 20 minutes of alternate nostril breathing, I start my day with a three-minute cold shower. This I follow with 20 minutes of stream of consciousness journaling, then another 20 minutes of gratitude journaling. <laughs> For breakfast, I always enjoy a half liter of organic, fair trade, bulletproof coffee. I use ghee, coconut oil, and yak butter blend instead of MCT oil, which keeps me in ketosis until I break my intermittent fast. By the way, if you haven't tried it, nothing does the trick like intermittent fasting for maintaining less than 17% body fat. For my full fasting protocol, see my ebook. The 17%, <laughs> so, so she's not going to make it to yeah, the no, games. That she wouldn't be to a, a regional or games athlete yeah. by any means. So she's not doing it right, apparently, because she's 17% body fat. Yeah, she needs little. more plants and less food. <laughs> well, maybe after you hear her diet, you might want to take that back. Nope, fair enough. I'll let you keep going. Sorry. I was I was just gonna say maybe um, a little bit heavier on the MCT oils. She wouldn't be able to keep any of that food in. <laughs> we call that we call that protocol shit and get fit. Okay. <laughs> Before I leave for work, I make sure to pack my award-winning green smoothie. This recipe is designed to heal the thyroid, calm the spleen, support the liver detoxification, reverse and prevent tumor growth, whiten teeth, boost fertility, balance chakras, stabilize circadian rhythms, ease constipation, regulate the menstrual cycle, prevent rabies, and makes your skin glow. I could have used that, prevent rabies last week. I could have given that to Lady. We would have been good to go. <laughs> he had a frightful... We had a really uh, shitty vet tell us that our dog had rabies, and like three days later, she was totally fine. So they were trying to put his dog down. And like, anyway, uh, yeah. I'll tell I, you about it later. I digress. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about guru, uh, a veterinarian guru with that. <laughs> a rabies guru? Yeah. Using your favorite bone broth as a base, just add a small handful of each of kale spinach, bok choy, frozen cauliflower, wheatgrass, half an avocado, a whole unpeeled kiwi, a quarter cup of film jolk, skyer, kefir, or other plain organic yogurt, depending on your personal mucus type. To learn yours, see my ebook. Two tablespoons each of chia seeds, flax seeds, pea protein, fresh pomegranate seeds, dried goji berries, resistant potato starch, turmeric powder, a collagen hydroisolate, one tablespoon each of ghee, coconut oil, coconut water, maple syrup, maca, lacuma, chlorella, spirulina, hemp seeds, moringa leaves, royal jelly, powdered durian fruit, activated charcoal, manuka honey, ashwanga powder, shieldjit powder, local bee pollen, Irish moss, cordyceps fungus, chaga powder, reishi mushroom powder, matcha powder, cocoa nibs, two drops of lavender essential oil, a quarter cup of sprouted almonds, five soaked cashews, two soaked medjool dates, a Ceylon cinnamon stick, a whole nutmeg seed, four white peppercorns, three peeled and crushed garlic cloves, a cup of organic frozen blueberries, a pinch of Himalayan sea salt. To really take it up a notch, add four acacia thorns and a half teaspoon of Tibetan monk tears. Follow with a high-quality probiotic. And an enema. <laughs> <laughs> this jolt of nutrition and flavor keeps my mind off food for at least seven hours. The mixture also doubles as an amazing antioxidant face mask. <laughs> As with all my meals, I divide the week's smoothie ingredients into large mason jars ahead of time. 
which I can then take out of the refrigerator and blend with the Vitamix at a moment's notice. To make cleanup more efficient, I have seven Vitamix blender pitchers, which I clean all at once on Sunday evening. Best $1,200 I've ever spent. So much time saved. <laughs> my, my, my mindful subway commute is spent listening to affirmation recordings, which I rotate based on the moon phase. When I reach my workspace, I'm in creative heaven. The foundation is my standing desk, which I can lower when I need to sit on a medicine ball for a few minutes. I'm only human, right? This, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> this along with my $1,300 Metroflex custom shoes inserts, has completely eliminated my back pain. On my desk, I keep a small collection of rose quartz, fluorite, and onyx crystals, which zap negative energy. I also have a multi-photo frame with pictures of all my vision boards. I call it my meta-vision board. This way, I can keep manifesting my abundance without taking up valuable <laughs> desk space. <laughs> this might be one of the most creative people I've... Oh, manifest my abundance. <laughs> <laughs> Without taking up too much space, because <laughs> yeah, I I need room for my other yeah. abundances. <laughs> oh my god! Um, it continues. While at work, I use my Bose Quiet Comfort XL headphones to listen to looped binaural beats tracked mixed with Tibetan chant and blue whale songs. The alternation of alpha and theta waves puts me in a state of total flow like nothing else. I'm a firm believer in the Tim Ferriss four-hour work week. No shit. <laughs> so I bunch, I batch my email communication into 15 minutes on Monday mornings. To make this even more efficient, I reply using one of six standard templates that I crafted for this purpose. I have not personally responded to an email in nine years. <laughs> this opens up so much more time to dedicate to developing my brain baby, the LinguaGoGo app, which allows users to learn 15 world languages languages in as little as 11 seconds per week. <laughs> if you haven't seen my viral TED Talk on the amazing technology behind this program, I recommend you do so as soon as you can. <laughs> At 3 p.m., it's time to hit the gym. After years of research, I've engineered the most efficient possible workout, which is a single 100-pound kettlebell swing, followed by four and a half minutes of foam rolling. See my ebook for step-by-step -step instructions. I use a foam roller that's made of a women's empowerment collective out of the Andrew Pradesh. <laughs> that's fair that's fair trade foam rollers are made from recycled Tom's shoes and are hundred percent sustainable. <laughs> should, the the um, like uh, I'm thinking research for this piece was in I, depth. Yeah. Like it was just it's equal opportunity offense yeah, on, I, a, on I a higher level. Definitely applaud this person. I they need to be celebrated in yeah. some fashion. Coming home every afternoon is bliss. Performing Marie Kondo's decluttering protocol once a month has transformed our apartment into a minimalist temple of joy. This is a real, that's that's a real, I didn't think that was real. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. She basically goes through and throws shit out and is like, I decluttered. <laughs> yeah. I, I basically cleaned your house. You don't need these clothes that no, don't fit you anymore. It's not cleaning, it's decluttering protocol. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Even the, You were just using the abbreviation. Yeah, I didn't. But, I was trying to optimize my time on the podcast. <laughs> Even the cat's litter box brings me happiness. The less you possess, the less you have to tidy. With our hairless cat, solar-powered solar powered air purification system, and microfiber 
sold slippers, we have eliminated the need to clean out <laughs> to clean our bedroom and living room. In fact, we only ever pull out our Dyson vacuum cleaner when our in-laws visit so they know we appreciated the gift. <laughs> With nothing left to optimize in my own life, I am blessed with ample time to help optimize others' lives. It's my passion. Afternoons are dedicated to my coaching practice and about 11,000 weekly words of content from my personal blog, which brings in 7,000 of revenue each month. This semi-passive income source is an amazing complement to my trust fund. <laughs> Most recently, I helped my mo a mother of five in Indiana lose 120 pounds with my smoothie recipe and a customized version of my exercise regimen using an 80-pound kettlebell. With my guidance, she followed her dream and launched her own blog about holistic dog training, which just broke 14 million unique page views per month. For more information, see her ebook. <laughs> Winding down at the end of the day is bliss. Even though I only get 45 minutes a day with my husband, we make the most of that time by staring into each other's eyes for at least five minutes, which is proven to boost intimacy. We have also adapted our own version of the nonviolent communication protocol, which allows us to express all of our needs, feelings, fears, and experiences from the day in a, lo in a loving exchange of five sentences each. To learn more, check out my husband's wonderful book, The Four Hour Relationship. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking good i feel like that just drained everything i had right out of me yeah it's just like oh my god okay it's it's not over at dinner time i whip out two mason jars with prepped ingredients for an amazing meal our local csa program keeps us stocked with the freshest organic ingredients we supplement these with microgreens herbs and sprouts grown in our hydroponic window boxes to maximize the spiritual experience of our meal and to prevent swallowing air which can cause bloating yuck we eat in silence or communicate only with small hums <laughs> When it's time for bed, I make a nourishing cup of golden brown milk. This is similar to the turmeric-rich golden milk you're familiar with, but also contains a tablespoon of my favorite buckwheat miso to support digestion and sleep. Finally, I conclude my day with 10 more minutes of gratitude journaling and 30 minutes of hyacinth meditation, which is believed to lengthen telomeres and slow down the aging process. It also prompts dreams in which I communicate with my ancestors and reconnect with my truth. I hope that this look into my daily routine inspires you to optimize your life. Starting next month, I'm offering new coaching partnership that begin at $1,999 a month. But you can get 5% off using coupon code on page 615 of my ebook. <laughs> I, let me rush right out. <laughs> of the room. <laughs> How do you burn an ebook? I, that's probably one of the problems. There's no more Fahrenheit 451 going on for for gurus. I, I bet it's kind of a lower temperature for an ebook. <laughs> you're just bur you're burning the, what you're doing is burning the computer, right? right. Or, well, you or, just or the a device. Magnet, a, a magnet <laughs> up against it. Is the, Get out and, of here. Yeah. And that would have a lower carbon footprint. So should we write a novel called uh, Magnet 451? Is that like, is that the, <laughs> how to get rid of bad information. So th this, uh, I, Reading that is fucking hilarious. Whoever wrote that, the, the lady who wrote that is a fucking genius. And I appreciate every bit of her. And I hope she finds success and bliss in real life because it brought me real joy to it, read that. This article has brought us joy on multiple occasions. <laughs> you mentioned it the other day and I'm excited to hear you read it instead of me reading it because I feel like it's better that way. <laughs> it's, a, it's much more animated yeah. the 19th time through. <laughs> the, 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 I've probably 
read that more than I've read anything. (laughs) (laughs) That was so sincere. I think I've read that article more than I've read my own stuff trying to correct my own stuff, (laughs) which I read through that quite a bit, and I still fuck it up. But I I think that yeah I I think that article needs to be spread. So if you if you don't know, you can find that in McSweeney's. I would say find it in our show notes, but we have no fucking idea how to put things in our show notes. And and I don't think you know what I was I was looking through. the website of some you know podcast the other day and, and it had all kinds of show notes in it and it basically went through and it listed okay at this t- time hack we talked about this and at this point in the podcast it was just like a blow by blow i'm like oh i can read i don't really need to listen to this shit in the first place but then i was, I was thinking well okay <clears throat> our whole point is not to make it easy <laughs> so there will be no show notes yeah i mean you know until like we're 15 episodes deep and we decide there'll be show notes but for now how about this google let me google that, that for, for you. you yeah my fully optimized life in mcsweeney's and you will find it it'll be the first thing that pops up so if you're interested in rereading it like i have multiple times you can find it there this led to um this led to my complete disbelief that i couldn't tell the difference between that article and reading most posts of most coaches in the fitness industry on instagram and I was going to say, everything in that article is a thing to some degree. Oh, it, it, it it's, yeah. yeah, it's, you know, sort of, yeah, targeted mocking right. <laughs> of stuff that is out there and, 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 and pervasive enough that most, well, I don't know, it's a pop culture thing, I guess, but um, you could identify that, you know, it, I, I don't think I you know, certainly can't identify, you know, all of the subjects being mocked, you know, (laughs) which is probably a good thing. Well, yes. So so we had, um, we had post world war two and the Holocaust, Victor Frankl wrote a book called uh, man's search for meaning. And that has been some of people's most inspirational thing. I, it was an enjoyable book. I'm not, I wasn't mind blown by it. It was some pretty obvious stuff, but his, his story was really interesting. I want to see after the end of this culture a book called Man's Search for Relevance because that's that is our our Holocaust is on like uh, authenticity these days like we have killed off authenticity and so at the end of this we should have some form of you know well maybe we we should burn an ebook we should fucking <laughs> burn some ebooks so. I have plenty in mind <laughs> okay <laughs> so, so you have an interesting and, uh, I, thing I mean when up, Mark? you brought this up and pointed me in that direction I can't remember if I first heard it or you reading it to me or you pointed me towards it and I actually read it but um, then it, it was brought to our attention um, something similar that, that yeah, when neither of us could tell the difference. This particular post um, uh, by, uh, well, it's on Instagram. It's titled Rituals. Are you going to, are you going to? I'm going to send it, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> do I need to lock, lock and load? You can say that. Uh, well, so I, I mean, I've, I, I've gone after Brian McKenzie before because he's known for CrossFit endurance, in which case he was a very big proponent of reducing volume um, in order to accomplish high volume tasks. So at Joe's seminar this weekend, that became kind of a thing because you know the whole question of, I wanna do this really long event without doing really long things is fucking absurd. So he was a big proponent of replacing volume with high intensity. He also happens to be somebody who has, you know, he's finished a couple ultras, but he has also DNF'd probably more yeah, based on his own practices. So 
it's somebody that you know originally we kind of sunk our teeth into um i have had a couple conversations since and he has changed his mind on that but it seems that he has gone the other way in 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 search of guruism. Yeah, in search or, or to establish himself as a meaning for a relevant figure in the sort of fitness or dare I say wellness, because <laughs> that's a loaded term um, in, in that landscape. Mm. And I mean, yeah, with the CrossFit endurance thing, I mean, I, I, I think that got started right at the point when I had pretty much disproven the utility of doing that for, by having practiced it for a year and a half. In an article called there is no such thing as a free lunch, free lunch. Yeah. i was gonna say that's what it sounds like people were looking for was an easier way to do the thing that people have been doing for a long time optimize they're trying to optimize right which yeah. is not but, optimal for having any experience <laughs> but i think it's a funny thing like oh i can get this type of fitness via this shortcut or whatever you're like well if you don't like to do endurance stuff then don't do it right you know like if if you're you know, afraid of going long or you just, or you want to, you know, have the experience of going long, but without like developing the, you know, skill resilience or whatever to actually do it, you can try and get there by way of the shortcut. And then, but it just, it didn't never make sense. Why are you trying to do less? If this is this thing that you actually really enjoy well, and doing. I think you touched on it last night. It's like people want to say they did the thing, but they don't want to do the thing. Yeah, and we, we've, I mean, the, uh, the, if you haven't listened to it yet, you, the episode we just released uh, the other day kind of hits on that for the like appearance part because right. a lot of people want to look like superheroes and we go, yeah, but you don't want the process. And that, that arises and, often, I think. And then in that same conversation, there's a lot of guys, you know, a lot of people want to, you know, be tr trainers in Hollywood. <laughs> um, but the reality is that they want to, just say that they are a trainer. Yeah, or even if they had done it, you yeah. know, the more more interesting thing is to be able to say, "Oh, I did this," and um, now you can read my ebook if you buy it, or you know, like to capitalize on yeah. on the on the outcome in some way, Ex utterly disregarding the depth of the process. Extrapolate the success because that seems to be the goldmine. And I, I was telling uh, Keegan last night, I was kind of explaining the whole timeline of the story of us doing movies and whatnot, and. Um, how the success like people imagine this feigned success and it was just like that was an experience it, it wasn't a successful pit like it, it didn't launch us into success it launched a conversation about physicality around it and a lot of people extrapolate like man you guys made it you get to reference movies and i go no but we don't hardly like we yeah we don't because we did the thing and the experience was enough <laughs> i would call it pay or pay back depending on how fucking negative you want to look at it so i think that's an interesting aspect of how people launch into this guruism is um and to to the point of it being brian mckenzie is that um the search for relevance is, is a thing that all coaches go through because everybody wants to be relevant everybody wants to be on the the tip of the spear in their industry and i but if you're doing it in a way that's inflammatory because it it you know if you're going to go against what you know major knowledge of a subject is you better be correct and if you're wrong you can't just walk away from that and so we still have this premise thanks to people that um okay i'm not i'm fine with you challenging the status quo of like asserting like it's good for people to be like yeah is that a truth or is it just a habit of the industry i think that's very useful 
but it turns into guruism when you can't prove that it's a better practice. In fact, it's there's a lot of evidence showing that it's a worse practice, but you can't handle the ego-crushing blow of being incorrect. And so you kind of hide and, and go away shortly, but you left damage in the way. Like you left, yeah. if you taught 100 CrossFit endurance seminars, and let's say there's 20 people at each, all those people are fucking misinformed. Right. All those people are doing it incorrectly. And there's no, okay, so we pick on Brian a little bit, and I'll let you get to his thing, but I kind of want to premise no. it a little bit. Um, Outside Magazine did the same fucking thing, and I explained this to a kid who was trying to figure out whether Joe was a, a volume guy or intensity guy, and I was like, you're only asking that question because Outside Magazine posited that there was a difference. Right. Like Outside Magazine, when they, I forgot the guy who owns the record for Leadville before Levi Leipheimer crushed him. Um, that fair, like So he held the 100-mile mountain bike race, you know, 12,000 feet gain or whatever. It's a it's six-hour event. But it's still an ultra event. So the guy is a volume guy for a decade, just setting the record over and over on this thing or being in the top. I can't remember his oh, name. Oh, Dave Ween. Dave, okay, yeah. I think, W-I-E-N. Guy gets a job one year, like a different job, can't train volume like he has, so he condenses his training, which is into like, we're not talking like half an hour, four hour body kind of bullshit. He's still training, instead of 27 hours a week, he's training like 12 to 15, <laughs> which is still twice as much as most people want to train in a bike anyway and he starts because he has less volume he decides that he's going to raise the intensity and you know try to compact it he sets a record that year and so and it, like flying numbers he basically sharpened the edge that he had been building a foundation on which makes sense to every person who practices volume understands this concept they're like oh yeah of course he just he had never gone hard before and he fucking sharpen the spear and then he crushed it so outside magazine does an expose about how the guy who conquered leadville did it on reduced training as opposed to the real stories like guy who has a fucking two decade history of right. endurance changed for a year and that stimulus gave him an advantage and they never followed it up when his wheels came off the year after because he doesn't have enough volume to support the intensity. And I think he had a hard time even finishing the race. Or And I can't remember specifically. Somebody can correct me on that. But the idea that you can shortcut something is fucking absurd and we're still paying the price of it. So that's where the animosity comes a little bit in coming after Brian. So now in reading this article about guruism, we found this post and I couldn't <clears throat> tell whether it was a joke. So I'll let Mark take it. <laughs> Rituals, the morning combo. My priority to the day begins with task prioritization. I start with cleaning whatever was not done night before. This sometimes involves making bed if I am last one up. This moves into chugging some apple cider vinegar and five out of seven days doing 30 ounce of hydration protocol. I've posted this before. Then moving into breath work. Today was simple. Kick, kick in space is fucking classic because he, he just moved the microwave from so he wouldn't snort. When he, he just, I, wait, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so laugh, laughing is a fine morning ritual as well, and <laughs> given that it's afternoon and we, we need some laughter. Um, so, simple. Sim it's simple. It's so. simple. So today's breath work was, was simple. Cadence two, one, one, two, one interval. X5 cycles BC. Superventilation 1X20 BC breaths plus 20 to 20 to 30 second exhale hold. Cadence 2X10 BC. Cold plunge at about 33 Fahrenheit 
or 33 to 32 degrees Fahrenheit, that's one zero to one degrees Celsius. Outside temp was 41, five degrees Celsius, this AM, X10 BC, 3.5 minutes or so. <laughs> Heat exposure in hashtag leisure, leisure craft sauna. Oh, I guess you got a deal on that sauna. <laughs> between 190 and 210 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know what that is in Celsius because he doesn't inform us. For 20 <laughs> minutes with... T- 10 BC of chanting slash humming. I will then usually go into some <laughs> movement practice, then begin working. <clears throat> I've yet to find anything quite yet that can beat the feeling of all of it. Remember, stress is stress, and all of these add some form of stress or another and require adaptation. If you don't think you like the task priority cleaning, you may want to look into how all animals basically do this. And to avoid it is to neglect natural instinct. Ellipsis. Thus, who would do it if you were alone? Adding both cold and heat to an existing program will more than likely cause more fatigue throughout the day. So adjust slow if this suits you. If not, great. The breath work, however, can only show you, you. Hashtag art of breath. Hashtag state at power speed endurance at RVCA sport. 49 comments. Shall we uh, <laughs> scroll through those and see if anybody else drops, you know, equivalent wisdom bombs? I, I wrote down hashtag fucking kill me. <laughs> I, so he's definitely, I mean, he's gone down. He's definitely switched directions and found that the obvious key missing to endurance and, and health and fitness is breathing and cold exposure and hot exposure, which is, you know, something that this guy Wim Hof was saying. Well, it's kind of cool because you don't actually have to do anything. Oh, like you're getting fit without, you know, like just sitting there, right? The, the only thing that keeps running through my head is we went through that one. And then the one you just discussed was like, hard work is missing. And like people want <laughs> Wait, to no, no. not do that. The only person working hard is the person trying to read that with improper grammar. Like that, <laughs> yeah. That's the hardest work that happens. In all, all, um, sort yeah, there was a part of me that was like, man, Mark doesn't know how to read. Uh, and so <laughs> just to, just to clarify, <laughs> Mark doesn't know well, how to read. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, you're right. Let me, let me put my, um, my third grade <laughs> reading ability on. So I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and say like, uh, I was a disbeliever of like breathing practices and I have, become a believer in some breathing practices. I think paying attention to breath is very important. So, and I also know uh, there's a lot of good research behind what he's talking about. He's he he is not wrong on what he's saying. The he is not um he's not doing or recommending anything harmful or bad, which is why I have no problem kind of picking on it yeah. because it's uh, an indication of you could have said something totally different and got the point across to people who actually know better. But instead, you use a secret language to corral your brand. And we're no longer talking about helping people, which is under the assumption of what he's doing. I'm helping people. What he's doing is asserting himself as a expert, specialist, guru, one with special knowledge, because I don't know what any of that fucking shit means. And I actually- oh, I didn't know if that was like cyclist lingo, because I was like, I have no fucking clue with all that. Nobody does. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I'm sure if you go to his ebook, yeah. you can figure out what his his definitions are, in which case that's what we're always pointing at. Like, uh, he gives us enough information to think that we can practice it, but then we have to like, hey, what does this mean? And then he I can, have to go say, would you please decode this language you invented? Right. In order for me to be able to 
try well that's when you under- you, you exactly. have to buy the ebook and you'll understand it. it and this is my problem so i, I think got, it's more of a seminar attendance thing mm-hmm. if i scroll through the feed so i got into an argument with james fitzgerald it's not shocking about something very similar when he was talking about um the airdyne test oh the the assault bike yeah and i'll let and, i'll let keegan be quiet on this entire part, yeah. entire part because this is and i the only reason I argued it is because I know James is a very smart person. Yeah. I know that he does a lot of thinking into what he puts out, and therefore I just inquired as to why his protocol, which was just an arbitrary abstract algorithm to derive a number that made him feel good about the effort. Right, but it, was, it seemed to be, have been derived by working backwards from the achievement of the... I need to come up with an equation exactly. or an algorithm that lets me hit this number that I've identified as my target. Right, and, and so my, uh, my question started out genuine, as in what does this provide that uh, watts per kilo doesn't? Because watts per kilo is a fairly, if you're not aware, King is a very uh, simple algorithm to figure out what's efficient on a bike how much wattage are you putting out for how much you weigh period and we identify that the best in the world are putting somewhere out going uphill like 6.5 to 6.7 watts per kilo on on the hardest uh races in the world and that's finding from like what they're doing this is the number that was found not let's put a number and then figure out how to find right. out how to like make that number in training if you're starting to hit towards that numbers they identify that holy shit that guy's he he's a contender for a climb or a, what we call a gc a general contender or um even better it's a if you get over that number it's a there's a significant chance that you're using drugs to do it because physiologically we haven't been able to do it to get over 6.7 watts per is it 6.7 it's it's been a while since i've looked because i don't care um so my whole impression was like why is your thing better and so people would actually send in their 10 minute number and their body weight and he would spit a number back at them and it was in relation, like it was, it was in direct relation to a workout that Mark came up with at Jim Jones. Josh, Josh okay, Bank actually came at up with Jim it. Jones. Yeah, and it was three hundred fy, which is a ten minute test, uh, which is pretty straightforward. You either got three hundred calories or you didn't, and if you didn't, fuck you. And so it became an answer to a problem that he they identified was people fucking cheat. And they, they associate that they've done a thing that they haven't actually done. So the fix was, here is, a, uh, here is a test that you can't misidentify or uh, uh, translate incorrectly. It's either yes or no. Here's the number. Here's the bike. Go do it. James was a big fan of this, like, this test. I mean, he wrote about it in 2010, which I reminded him of by posting his quote about <laughs> what he thought about the test. But he was also never able to get it himself. So this is, you know, you know, a guessing, estimating that this is a fairly, um, like a stain of a feeling when you really like this test, but you can't do the test as it's been written. Can't pass it. <laughs> so fast forward, you know, nine, eight years later, and this test has changed to then benefit him by body weight and algorithm. So now he has a higher score than what he ever did. I think it was 276 was his best on 300 FY. <laughs> But I think there's. I mean, I, I'm I'm not I'm not rushing mm. to defense here. Mm-hmm. But the original 300 FY test was was tied to a particular airdyne. Oh, the AD4. The AD4. Yeah. So if you later got an AD6, mm-hmm. I think the the it, way off. It was, the AD6 was the worst. Yeah. 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 But yeah. if you end up with that, then the then then the 
the test was irrelevant, you know, because the, the, maybe the algorithm within the computer, however it was counting stuff, was a bit stingier, if I mm-hmm. recall. Um, and so it was, yeah, harder to do. Then along comes the assault bike. And, and, and someone, I mean, you're, like, it, to, to, to unify the algorithms in all these computers that are being used in all of these gyms all over the world, say between a concept to rowing machine and a ski erg and then whatever the air bike thing is. And so that you could just go from one to the next and then have it, you know, the numbers sort of come with you. But the, my impression when the air assault bike first came out was that, Oh, we just want ours to be harder. Yeah. Like, yeah, ours kicks ours is cause cause more, you know, well, whatever. And, and, and so that meant that the 300 FY task was even more difficult slash impossible to hit on that particular device. And it, it was. I, I would argue that on the design function of Assault Bike, it wasn't that they were trying to make it harder. They made the gearing ha- harder because they were not cyclists and didn't understand what RPM is to knee pain, nor did they have a volume that's attached to that. And they didn't have the foresight to think that there is so much data on cycling and power output and calorie and like all these things are fairly well understood because you have almost, you know, three decades of power data research on cyclists. It is the gold standard for physiologists to look at, you know, any kind of muscle or, or, or energy system. Um, so we have really accurate ways of deriving power output and the curve that that is an exponent. Uh, an exponential of and uh, it looks to me um, based off of riding that fucking stupid bike a lot that assault bike was just like nah man tie it to an exponential curve on rpm and for and the wattage means nothing Be- and okay so the number changes who gives a shit it's an arbitrary number anyway right we just like why 300 well because it was related to the 300 workout and so to relate the two, we picked the arbitrary number and the thing that we thought was possible for some people if they worked really hard. But what's the difference between that and 299? Existentially, nothing. Like it is meaningless in, in and of itself. So for someone to create something equally as meaningless, but with no thought or reason behind it, I go, okay, this is a sign of just guruism. Now you have this, and within, I guess I internet bullied him because I eventually got the algorithm from him. And it makes no correlative sense to why you would have an algorithm. I mean, it's like body weight times uh, wattage divided by 1.2 to the third, like some really drawn out. um, And (laughs) it's speaking a different language to assert special knowledge of. And that's, that's an example of like the guruism. And then we come back to, you know, Brian saying it's the same thing. We're corralling we as in us gurus <laughs> we're corralling people by special knowledge or you know in the slightest sense it's when a we use um industry jargon to impress upon a uh, a uh, civilian population that we know more than them so as opposed to pointing to my leg and saying that it's a leg or a quad you know that they can bust out some latin yeah it's the vastest medialis man and and then and then oh wow he knows latin that's exotic and then suddenly we're onto this like as opposed to teaching people things and sharing really good information we're actually obfuscating the fact that we're just trying to like show people how smart we are how much we know or how much special knowledge we have which is the first the first sign for me that we have a guru problem I keep thinking about how like how arbitrary that 300 number is that if you equated that to like strength 
and you're like, okay, like 500 pound deadlift is the thing. You either go pick it up or you don't. And then you're like, well, now I'm going to come up with an algorithm. So like all my athletes or clients think based on their body weight and, you know, the tide and the size of the moon that their deadlift happens to be 500 pounds, just not actually on the bar, just through the equation that I created. Right. So lift like, what you can lift, apply algorithm, feel right. good about yourself. Uh, oh, yeah. you mean, so, uh, a correcting for weight on the rower. Yeah. <laughs> like we were talking about the other day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's Wait, like what? So, yeah, so I, little guys can uh, they can equate. Oh, so they can do it too. Exactly. So you get a number that didn't actually happen because you corrected for the fact that you're too little. But this is never applied really to the heavy guy who, you know, doesn't get a correction like, "Oh, I did 10 pull-ups, but I weigh 285 pounds. Therefore, right. is that like the equivalent to 40 because I have 150 pounds more than the next guy?" I'm like, no, it never. Like, it, I also feel like, because if you go on concept two, you can put in like, I rode a 2K in seven minutes. I weigh 136 pounds and it'll spit out like, based on whatever they've created, what your time would be if you weighed something. But I feel like they use that for sport, just like you'd use Wilkes Sinclair. or Sinclair. Yeah, Sinclair. So it's used for sport. It's not necessarily, or it's not at all like a training protocol i'm not opposed <laughs> so i'm not opposed to gotcha. adjusting because i one of the like most fun competitions I've, I've ever done is called the barbell classic in michigan and it was a full-on barbell uh comp so you you started with snatch clean and jerk and then uh squat bench press deadlift it takes all fucking day and instead of giving you attempts you get three minutes in which to do the lift so it's a really cool Sounds like fun oh it's super yeah. fun um and at the end to make it more competitive and more fun because you're going to have some freaks come in. So you can't just be a total because somebody can, uh, what you can squat potentially from a good squatter can far outweigh what a good clean and jerk is to a mediocre clean and jerk. Yeah. So in order to equate for that, they basically had totals minus your body weight, which I think is a really cool fucking way to do it because you then you're not an exponentially paying for your your advantages being heavier you're just paying for it up front so if i get a thousand pound total or something i'm minus you know 202 and the guy that gets the same thousand pound if he's heavier he minus 228 therefore i win that that makes more sense to me but if a guy was 185 who got you know a thousand pounds or whatever beats me that makes sense to me yeah he's a fucking lighter guy it's similar to the sinclair total i don't know by how because i forget the algorithm yeah i do too i was trying to think about it but what it also like that's also for competition like you wouldn't use that same thing in training so like your people at your gym could feel better about themselves dude i've got a 400 pound clean well yeah i just took the clean that i did and i added my body weight (laughs) and that's my actual clean how did you get 400 pound clean uh math <laughs> I mathed the fuck well, out. Well, I weigh 195 and yeah. I clean 205. <laughs> therefore, I have a 400 pound clean. Because uh, that's how much pressure I put into the rubber mat on the <laughs> floor when holding the barbell. I, I'm not opposed to new ideas, and I want to like get that clear immediately. Like, I love new ideas, which is why I first asked James about it, and it's why. I like I ask questions to people, even if they're potential gurus, because if they can explain themselves and and I was waiting for it to be blown away and be like, wow, you figured out something better than power to weight. Now what? 
Like, can we use it? Is it useful? Because that's the next step of having an idea. But for the most part, we come up with jargon, we corral people with our language, or we mystify them with our abbreviations and concepts so that they have to inquire and then they can look on page 695 of our ebook. But to then, get the like, mystify them with these equations and, you know, symbols and stuff like that. And, but up front, having called it simple. So you immediately put people even further on the back foot. Right. Like, well, I was going to say, uh, people are inherently lazy, so it's kind of preying upon that. They're not going to go do their own research. I already did it for you. I wrote a book on everything that I wanted to write about. Now mm-hmm. go read it. Uh, it's on. Uh, we can get into the specifics of that post because it's fucking ridiculous. Like, I, I think, like <laughs> the um, pri- priority is prioritization, apparently. Um he starts with cleaning whatever's not done night before. To me, I go like, did you? I just wish somebody would be a guru and think about, like, say something clever, like, do something so it actually makes sense. Because all I see that is, why didn't you clean up the night before? Like, why the fuck are you so messy? In which case, he's telling other people that they're messy. Because, and, and then, you know, <laughs> clean whatever was not done night before. And then down at the bottom, he's, you know, sort of talking about you, you don't, you know, don't neglect this. You know, you, the, where's this bit about the fucking animals and the, the, <laughs> they, they don't shit where they eat uh, or whatever it was, <laughs> guru language style. <laughs> like how how fucked are we as a society that you need to read a post about like cleaning your sink out or like doing your dishes or vacuuming your rug to optimize your day? Like find time, clean your goddamn house. Or or, or you know, that because that that's the sign of somebody that really has their shit together. Which it's just a sign of somebody who is a normal person. Like we have this thing and I maybe I'll pick on addiction a little bit because I don't understand it necessarily. Um, to the point where we find if somebody can get out of addiction somehow, whatever it is, it could be alcohol, it could be, you know, they, they got it, they're not abusive to other people anymore, whatever the thing is, whatever the, we figure, like, we give them more reverence than the person that never did it in the first place. When in reality, it's just somebody who didn't go into the fucking, like, I don't get celebrated because I didn't go into debt. I'm the person who got out of debt. They're like, well, you were the person that got in there. You're the person who put yourself into a bad position. You're the person who dirtied your fucking house. You don't need to be celebrated for the person who picks it up. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Only the only the guru needs to be celebrated for the mundane. Like, oh no, I don't I don't do hip drills. I do neurological transmission optimization activation protocol. And you're like, what? Like, you stretch? You're just doing it's, shit that you no, should no, it's, do. It's four and a half minutes of foam rolling. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it is. Like, and I get it. Everybody needs their fucking brand. What? What was the? Uh, please read to me the the thing that you found that's very good because this is kind of a different brand of guru. Like, we're talking mostly from people who have somehow established an air of authority, right? And they you they abuse that authority by giving people jargon. I, well, abuse that's that's strong. That's strong language, man. I I mean, I they may misuse or okay. or well, but maybe not because that that okay. uh, here's, here's, presupposes that there is some proper way to use authority, which 
It, well, here okay. I shall question, <laughs> and I and I will. So the abuse for me comes from um, a used special language that made you curious, and because I've been a shining example of the thing that you think that I am, even though I can't even pick up after myself, you come pay for my twelve hundred dollars seminar where I teach you to decode my fucking Instagram, and because you invested and based off of human nature, because once we invest in something, we have to excuse the investment lest we be impractical and. Um, I guess the, what would it be? The, the suckers that get. Yeah. You have to believe in the investment. Yeah, once my you've made iPhone it, right? is better than, than a Google phone because I fucking paid for it. So I have to know that it's better. Right. So I don't, so because I know this person and Alex knows this person, I don't want to read this verbatim. Okay. But it's just kind of making oh, me think. Fucking hand me your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anybody in this business. <laughs> um, like just looking at it, like the fact that everybody puts up a post about their training and calls mm. themselves like, you know, beast mode, grit or beast mode, or like I work harder than everybody, but then slowly somewhere in there is like, come find this from me because I want to sell you my product. Oh yeah, the clever hashtag hiding, and then the the link to the sponsors that gave them the shit that they're fucking repping. And I kind of just want people to start asking more questions, like why? Like you're pushing a fucking sled. Congratulations! But, I know plenty of girls that can push a sled that's over three hundred pounds. It's not not that impressive. Like fucking furniture polish on the floor, man. Yeah, like yeah. push anything up. Put and it down. on some turf. You got six hundred pounds <laughs> of that bitch. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is the thing. Like this is the This is no different from admonishing somebody for doing the thing that they just needed to do or, or didn't do. Like it, you're just, you're neutral. Like if I did the workout that, and it was hard, I did what every other fucking person should be doing. Right. But, but why do you think that you, because you were able to do it to yourself, like to transform yourself in some way or to go from my pushing a hundred pound sled to a 300 pound sled. And because I worked harder than everybody, you know, than everybody that, um, uh, I see outside of my bubble or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> like, um, what is, but like, why just because you've done it to yourself, do you believe you, that is transferable that you can actually guide someone else through the process in exchange for money? Or why should anybody else even do what you're <clears throat> doing? Like if you're a games athlete or whatever, cause it's simple because the breath control times one super ventilation BC, <laughs> One one two one tempo. Every time you said BC before Christ was the only thing I think about. <laughs> that's what we. That's what we're and, discussing because we don't know what it. And means. I was thinking breath control, but as uh, breast uh, control, you grab up yeah. top no, and you just hold on for dear life. No breath, but when I think breath control, it's not like slowly in and out. That's fucking struggling for air at all because someone's preventing you from breathing. Someone's maybe choking the fuck out of you. <laughs> I have tons of that breath control in jiu-jitsu. Almost every day I've been choked the fuck out. I'm practicing yeah. the Brian breath McKenzie control is great. Yeah. I there is this there's a well, there's a semblance here of um people using their platform whether their butt looks good in booty shorts and that's how they got their following and therefore they follow that with advertising. But there's also this thing that like Okay, you have an audience. The people who are talking the most about how hard they do the thing and how hard it is for them are generally, in my experience, the people who quit first or make excuses when something bad happens later. Hashtag train every damn day. Like this, this I, I'm on a platform and I'm just microphoning the fuck out of like how cool I am, how hard the stuff I do is, how I work. Uh, there's no excuses. Hashtag no excuses. Um, 
But then when I get sick with some sort of bacterial infection, it's like, oh, well, I got to take care of myself. And therefore, it's also a pay attention to me because poor me. Right. The people that are doing the thing don't need to fucking post about it. And they also don't like... If you need to sell your seminar on breath control, sell your fucking seminar. If you need to sell your ideas towards algorithms that dictate performance, um, defining performances in, in a given fitness thing, sell that idea and tell people to come learn from you. But hiding it behind the moniker that you're a philanthropist and that you're helping people and you're just giving out information, man. It is a total symptom. Hashtag buy my ebook. Hashtag buy my ebook. There's no, I mean, we can see it easily in, in the, um, God, now I can't think of his name, uh, Deepak Chopra. Like he is the ultimate guru. Like 100%. And people still don't know that because he sold some clever little words and he used jargon from astrophysics, the quantum state of love or whatever the fuck he came up with. But every person that understands physics goes, that guy's full of shit. He doesn't even understand basic physiology and or he, physics. I punched out after the Ayurvedic fucking eat for your, you know nose length book or whatever it was <laughs> i think it was nose hair no okay, okay. <laughs> your mucus like, type eat like, for your mucus type wait oh you're fire okay you need to avoid this and this and this but you're i don't know earth oh, and uh, blood like, type diet like what well, i mean diet books are phenomenally guilty of being guruish because they you know it's the paleo diet and i'm sorry it has good tenants in the paleo diet but they were fucking wrong about everything. That's not how Paleo Man ate. It's not even how Paleo Man ate in one specific area of the fucking world. It was different every region. Therefore, paleontologists, no, that's not fucking right. We have evidence that they ate corn. Or no, that's not right. They right. ate grain. No, that's not right either because they didn't have sweet potatoes in that fucking area. Or no, that's not right. They ate this kind of thing. They ate whatever. You're fucking human. You ate whatever the fuck would fill you up. Sometimes it was bitter leafy greens because that's all you could get most of the time you just starved and then today we have people trying to reestablish language or you know uh misconstrue what history was or what philosophy is or what quantum physics is in order to sell their fucking brand and that's what i have a problem with is like you're we have established through you know some pretty good science some some very basic, you know, I wouldn't even say truth, some best estimates, some approximations about our world that we live in. It's the closest approximation we have, like that the sun will come up tomorrow because we understand how that works, kind of. It might not. We could and, be wrong. And that's true whether you're a flat earther or you believe it's <laughs> round. Just it's still coming up. <laughs> yeah, and that, so this is how we I assert. I mean, if, if up is yeah. actually up. Right, because we're or, in the corner on this stupid blue dot in the middle of fucking nowhere. And it, But... For some reason, we have to find meaning and purpose, and the meaning and purpose in most charlatans' fucking lives is to get other people to follow them so they can have relevance. That that becomes my my big hitch, and why you know I I'm not trying to pick on Brian. He's a nice guy. I've had some good conversations with him. Um, we emailed back and forth after I wrote a seething article, and before I released it, I was like, you know, that's not fair. I should get his opinion. So I wrote him an email, and he clearly has changed his fucking mind and admitted like with 100% earnesty that he doesn't feel that way about endurance anymore. Um, I was disappointed that he didn't do that publicly. Right. Um, and that it just had to be me who knew because I was the only one, you know, apparently emailing him about how that was full of shit. But it was at least, at least made it so I had to change my article. 
it wasn't as interesting after that because I couldn't be so mean. But I appreciated that somebody was able to look at the evidence and be like, yeah, that's probably not the best practice. You know, I DNF'd from every ultra race I ever fucking did. So I probably shouldn't recommend that other people that are interested in doing ultra races just do Tabata or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 5k for time is not the same thing as building base like the, we're, we're this is just a different world i but if you nose breathe while you're doing your 5k for time you tr uh oh, i think gosh. that's you triple the effect right so or easier to recover or some i can't remember what the you say that joking <laughs> but that is now being practiced based off of brian's new found love of breathing drills is now people are like doing murph while breathing through their nose was it taking like seven hours? <laughs> it depends on how big your fucking nostrils are. <laughs> like, like mine, yeah, probably. Like I, I can't breathe through my fucking nose. I, th this whole, th yeah, I mean, the guru state of the world is sad. And I think, you know, to turn this onto a positive note, how do we fucking avoid that? And I think one of the ways that I'll, I'll put forward to, to kind of kick off the fix for such a fucking annoying problem is that I think we should... Be very clear with our language. That's, yeah. And we should communicate better. So I was actually, you guys were talking earlier and I was reading reading that uh, whey protein that Aaron has in there. And it was like voracious vanilla or something like that. And then it gave all the reasons why it was the best thing you could possibly have. And I was like, at what point are we just going to put like protein in like a black box or <laughs> something of like just an obscure color that doesn't mean anything and just put fucking protein on it? And just call it that and be like, in each serving, there's 24 grams. Like, I don't need to know. Um, those are called eggs. So, well, right. They have them at the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can go get them. But it was just like real like, food. You don't go to the, you don't, that was the first thing I thought of. Like, you don't go get a steak and it tells you like all of the things that probably should. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, like, it's called like bovine myostatin meat or whatever the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, you mean red meat? You're like, yes. <laughs> well, I'm like, it, like it's all like it's the language, it's the branding, it's people wanting to formulate some sort of tribe or community that other people want to be a part of more so to get so, attention. Yeah, I, and this came to me like uh, the jargon thing. I, I've recognized, but I wasn't able to like really define it or understand why it was so powerful until I started reading a book that a friend sent me um, called. Uh, I mean, it's a really it sounds really boring, but it's like uh, writing well or something, and it's one of the best books I've ever written because it is so clear and concise and to the point in leading in and continuing to grab your attention. And that's what he's trying to actually transpose. And there's, there's a, a chapter on jargon where he goes, something happened in the seventies in our political environment, in our corporate, you know, free market capitalism, where we, we started hiding what we actually wanted to say, because saying the truth is hurtful. Like, so, uh, politicians started with this and, and the example that it gives is like the weatherman of like talking about precipitation as opposed to you mean it's gonna fucking rain yeah like i get it you're a meteorologist but you're also just pointing at things on a radar and you're actually not like you didn't come up with this information it was just given to you yeah and you're reading it off of something exactly green screen and you're just pointing to things to try to sound like the sciencey guy and then this translated into corporations hiding what their intent was by masking language or politicians hiding, you know, terrible things or unethical things they've done through language that people couldn't decipher. The Glomar statement is, is a byproduct of that, of like, how do we say that we can't tell you 
the thing or how do we make it look like this, uh, you know, as a, a freedom of press release act or whatever, something happened. The Glomar thing came up where the Glomar statement, do you know, are you aware of the Glomar statement? So that's, uh, you know, the Glomar statement. No, I, you know, but thank God you didn't preface it with like, this is super simple because <laughs> then, then I feel not, really shitty about it. I felt stupid saying no. So. Yeah. I, no, I don't because I didn't fucking know until somebody taught me. Like until and the Glomar thing is complex. I'll probably fuck it up because I've only heard it once. But there was something with a submarine getting lost, a Russian submarine. The U.S. found it. Um, there was a nuke on it, or there wasn't a nuke on it. We'll never know because they, the CIA created something called the Glomar statement, which is we can neither confirm nor deny in due cause of national security. Now, if you unwind that statement, it means fucking nothing. It's a paradox, right? It, it's a it's redundant. Like, you mean you can't tell? All you had to say is like, you can't tell me, but they put, they hit it in language and they used a massive team of attorneys to put the statement together in order to hide the public's knowledge of something that was very fucking sketchy, which was on the brink of nuclear holocaust with Russia. So we hide language in order to hide the truth is usually, that's what this book, uh, uh, Writing Well, is putting forth. Is like, when you use a word um, that isn't as clear and it's, it doesn't have the power uh, of like an acting verb where people can clearly identify what you are trying to say. You're doing one of two things. You're trying to hide the truth of it or you're a shitty writer. And you've got the thesaurus open. And um, you've got a thesaurus open and you're trying to... Just, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, oh, this word sounds way more difficult than that word and I'm just... Inter- and so if people have to like stop and think about what a word means but they don't want to admit it, no one wants to admit, like you, you're like, I don't know what a Glomar thing right. is, but there's no way out of say, if you didn't know, you didn't know. Um, you know, I didn't learn it because I was like, I'm going to figure out what a Glomar, it came up and it was an interesting topic and I retained the information, but it's not like I am so smart that I know everything about the Glomar. <laughs> it's that it came up and it was a weird thing. And then that gets related to this language problem that I see in the fitness industry. I mean, I just think that the, the, the statement right there, but we're using this, um, jargon to hide the truth or to bury the truth or to twist it in such a way that that you know no one can actually what would you say sometimes what's that, being said that truth <laughs> is not knowing what the fuck you're talking about yeah yeah if the person telling you if the company coming out and telling you the jargon um can't tell you what it means because that's generally what you'll get to the bottom of like i imagine if i interviewed dave asprey he's probably a very smart guy um, but he's probably also always in every statement that he ever makes ever is trying to prove that he's a smart guy by saying words that other people might not know. So I, it's hard to, it's hard to say where this will go, because, but I think the, the first fix that I would suppose is like, just be, um, very real and understanding of your language when you're speaking to a client and that will alleviate the problem down the line because if you just apply that i want to inform you of something that you need to change or i'm going to coach you or i need to transmit information to you so i need to be very clear and if you understand that okay that made more sense because now you're able to change your actions or if not i need to change my communication if i just take that and transpose that over to how i appear publicly and i submit ideas and i've been guilty of this like cool, I like learning a new word and I want to try putting it in to a sentence. <laughs> like, man, that confuses the fuck out of people. <laughs> Define the word, use it in a sentence. Um, Can you spell it? Sell it. Yeah, and I, so there's some practice to this because I do love language. Like I love 
like seeing a word, I'm like, well, I think I know what that means because I get the feeling, but I don't know. I can't actually define it. Um, and now I want to try to use it. Um, that that's an interesting habit because there, there's a there's a toss up here. But as long as I'm not trying to confuse people with my fucking words, yeah, deliberately obfuscate, yeah, hide. And I I use that word a lot because it is a really uh, so there, there's another word that is actually and I. I, I use it often too, only because when I understood the real definition of it, there's nothing else that compares to it. And I, w- I, I misunderstood the, the definition of it until I questioned whether I knew it or not and I looked it up and sure enough, I was wrong. That's orthogonal. Like if something's orthogonal, I thought it was something that is parallel, but it's actually not. It's actually a term that's used uh, in, in- It doesn't mean eight-sided? No. <laughs> <laughs> so no <laughs> and oh, in, okay and in being orthogonal <laughs> it actually refers to something that's on an xy axis and two points on an xy axis that are unrelated the oh, the closest term that i could come to is mutually exclusive okay so like if i move something and it's orthogonal to another thing it doesn't affect its relation to it and i was like that's a fucking brilliant way and uh, i thought it was parallel because uh of the term I use, like uh, the the way that I heard it, was misrepresented, and then so I just took it. I was like, oh, that's a cool name for parallel. It's not parallel. It's something a, totally it's different. It's a cool yeah. name for protein powder too. So, yeah. <laughs> what I hope people say. I mean, can you or, imagine orthogonal orange? Orthogonal orange. Like, just imagine oh, the power fuck. of like the we we've. Um, it's mutually exclusive to all the other protein. <laughs> it's probably going to be mutually exclusive to your stomach after you <laughs> when it comes back up but uh, like oh we we've amplified uh the effect of this protein by attaching a big word to it so it's 115 percent more effective than your regular protein right which you know might be identified in the in list of ingredients as being the exact same thing let's just say that yeah there's some uh some you know whey protein isolate um, but ours is orthogonal <laughs> cold whey pressed. protein. Yeah, cold, exactly. cold whey protein. T- Tibetan Tibetan monk Tibetan tears. Monk tears. Yeah. Pre- like, and and I think that's what you're okay. You're supposed to sort of. Oh well, I'd, I'd like to have my protein. No, I I want to be voracious. Oh Therefore, I want to consume. You know, something that has voracious in its uh, name. Oh. I just found the most fucking amazing thing I think I've ever found in my life on the internet. And this comes from. This stems from the post you just read a little while ago, which was one of the most amazing things I've ever heard. This website by uh, atrixnet.com is called the Corporate BS Generator. So I just hit generate, and it gives me a bullshit buzz phrase. So I hit it, energistically incentivize virtual vortals. (laughs) Professionally disseminate distributed collaboration and idea sharing. Oh, we're going to have a fucking good time with it. Oh, my goodness. The, this, I mean, this is <laughs> the, the corporate BS. I should be. We need to just copy this whole fucking algorithm and just call it the like change some of the words. So they just have to deal with physiology fit, and with fit. Yeah. And in fitness yeah. and then just call it the fitness, the, the, the coach BS generator. Holy fuck. That's going to be useful. I'm really excited. I, I, yeah, I am too. I, I see all. I, I, I actually. See, all right, so we know what we're doing for the next four hours. That's yeah. better. That's better than what's your porn name when you use like your oh, first yeah. letter and your last name of the street like and your the dog. month you were born. Yeah. And- Corporate bullshit generator. Corporate BS oh generator. My God. Proactively embrace standards with compliant paradigms. 
I've I've been to this company's website. I mean, the one who used that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think that sounds I, really familiar. I think I, I bought I, a pre-workout from them. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny because I thought I bought real estate from them. So so here's the so it just uses a basic rule. It goes adverb, verb, adjective, noun. That's, That's like a, how you're supposed to phrase yeah, things. So you can do like credibly conceptualize a backward cloud or like what like. <laughs> <laughs> on page 395 of, my of the ebook yeah <laughs> i think one thing to touch on is like that we all understand that like that to some degree is just marketing and that's where mm -hmm. i think it goes to like you need to do your research where it's like if you hear something and it sounds too good to be true or it's very jargony and like you don't understand seven of the eight words that's in the statement you mm -hmm. heard like Go do your own research, be a human being, learn about what you're going to go do to your body or put in your body or who you're going to give money to, because we all have to market in mm -hmm. some regard our thing. Oh, yeah. We, we have to be, if we're going to have a business right. that succeeds, we have to have it appeal to the people that we want to buy our thing. And that's, okay, That that is literally like the definition of marketing, like just finding your consumer so that they're attracted to the thing that you can provide them. Um, but when we, we, we take that too far, we try like we, we take that to the extreme because we don't know about marketing. We don't know what, well, even farther, we don't know about marketing. We don't even know what we're fucking selling. We just know that we're getting a free t-shirt from somebody and I got a gains box bro from wad.com and I have to like share this with my 5,000 Instagram followers for it to be free. And that, right. <laughs> and then that, that's the lower level of guruism, but it's reaching for the same thing. I, I saw it in sponsorships, where, like when I was in the automotive industry, um, racing cars, and I saw it all the time because people were like, "Oh, it would be cool if I could get a sponsor." Like, Do you know what that fucking means? That it's not that isn't sponsor is not synonymous with free shit. <laughs> it, it'd be you know wait it'd be super cool is it if no. I could. <laughs> It'd be really cool if I could get a job. Because <laughs> that's what you're saying. Wait, you, so you're like, saying being an athlete's not a job 90% no, of the time? It, no, all I'm saying is that once you engage in a sponsor relationship, mm -hmm. you are actually required to work. It's yeah. not... Right. I mean, no, I, I, I mean, obviously, there's... You well, know, I was just kidding, saying, was, like, especially in the yeah. CrossFit world, it's like, yeah. well, if I just work out and get fit, people just give me money. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not, it's not a thing. It's like, not at all. That was a th that's a thing for the 1% of the 1%. That's sort of a thing. Yeah. That's about it. And that's only if you look at a very specific point in the timeline. Is yeah. it true? Because you, you are neglecting everything that came you know, before that because you don't know. Because why would someone... This goes you know? on both sides of the, uh, uh, the, of the system that's trying to work. You have small businesses that are trying to succeed, so they need exposure from people who have a platform. So they yeah. elicit or solicit, I guess is a, a better... Yep. They solicit a response by, hey, I'm going to mail stuff to this person. And then they're going to talk about it. And then I got I like, okay, that person got something free and hopefully they'll say something helpful. Oh, now, and, and you've just obligated the fuck out of them oh, by giving them like they will. Oh, I, I, I must owe something. Of course. Once but I got the free how, thing. And so then you're going to. How I look at it is like, if you say that you want to send me something, you're looking for my opinion on it. It's not free. The thing that I'm trying is actually you want me to work for you. You want me to tell you my, like, that's not free. So if you're looking for a consultation, you can pay me for that and then send me your product and I will try it. And some people don't understand this. So Aaron gets, if, if you don't know, Aaron 
people love Aaron to get free shit because they think that she will just spout off about it. And in most cases, if she likes a product that's sent to her, she will be very good about saying something about it, um, especially if she likes it. Um, so we had a company that sent her some uh, fucking handguard stuff. Like they just oh. DM, they slipped into her DM. And they were like, hey, we'd like to send you some stuff. What's your, your address? Her thinking like, cool, I'll try whatever you want to send. I'm you know, open to whatever. I don't like my hands torn. We get these things in the mail and we look at the directions on how to use them. And we're like, they're garbage. Like, I don't want to fucking use these things. They take like 15 minutes to put on your hands. So she never uses them. And the company like weekly, almost daily is like, hey, what'd you think of her thing? She's like, I haven't tried them yet. Haven't tried them yet. Hey, Can will you make a post about them? Hey, you don't want to know my opinion. Like, you don't want yeah, you the don't, world. You don't want me to do that. Exactly. Like, just calm the fuck down. If you can send a UPS pickup tag, if... You really want my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, come get like, your shit and yeah. leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. And this happened This happened before. So a company sent her a box of bars and we tasted one of them and we were like, oh, fuck those. Like, how did you fuck that up in this day and age with how much food science we have? How did you fuck up a bar? And so we threw them out <laughs> or I, maybe she gave them to somebody. Um, or. Was it like a bad joke? Or possibly Lambert ate them. I don't, know. I don't know what actually happened to the bars. But then they were like, hey, you tried those bars, right? And she's like, yeah, I'm not a big fan. She gave them a really honest opinion. I think they're to this, they're to that. She gave them a helpful criticism. But not what they wanted to hear. No. It was like, but we gave you free shit. What? No. Like, I, I just paid for it by giving you my fucking opinion. Yeah, I think like the sponsor side of like the person that like the sponsor and yeah. the sponsor E, mm. however you want to say that, is just as convoluted and fucked up now mm. as everything else. Because yeah, like yeah. everybody wants the people to send them free shit. But you now everybody brand, thinks. Brand ambassador? Yeah, now everybody <laughs> thinks if they just send people free shit, then they're also going to get the same effect of people just posting for them. And it's like, well, if your right. product sucks, take the feedback, change some shit. Like, that's what you should be looking for. Yeah, you should have, well, you should have made something better. Right. And and if it's not good, you should go about fixing that. Uh, yeah. An like, earnest company would take the criticism if they felt like it was a, you know, a valid criticism, they would make the change and then send the new version of it. That would be very impressive to me. I would be like, oh, cool. My criticism, like, you valued my opinion. You don't have to. I'm not always right. Um with bars, I tend to be. <laughs> with, it's pretty like straightforward with a with a bar. Yeah, like, you're like it either tastes like shit. Sucks, or, yeah. It's just not working for me. Man. Or texturally, it's yeah. kind yeah. of impossible. You're chewing to, like one bite for forty five minutes. Yeah, like, I don't think this is the thing. Is that how you got the protein in there? <laughs> like, how did you fucking do this? <laughs> I, or it's just a bar, and I'm like, I look at the ingredients, and I'm like, I can't. Like, this is just fucking nuts and dates. Like, if I wanted to eat nuts and dates, I would just grab a handful of nuts and dates, and then you put egg white protein in it and you're supposed to be surprised (laughs) there's a way to do this system and and that particular bar is called egg white surprise (laughs) (laughs) well it says egg whites on it actually that bar in particular the rx bar uh, not the one that's not the company that sent it to aaron but rx bar is a company that just went from a lowly crossfit brand to purchased from a bigger uh corporation and i think they sold it for like 200 million yeah i heard they crushed it whoa all right cool but you know, they, they did pretty, like, in uh, CrossFit community stuff, like, brand-wise, they were very good about getting their bar to CrossFitters and then taking advice on what they should change. They changed for many, many years. They kept changing their bar to fit what would fit the, the thing. And then when it started selling wildly, a corporation came in and like, hey, you have a handle on the market. We want that handle. Here's all our money. 
<laughs> give us your stuff. All right, see you later. And that's the American dream, I think, for most people. They think, if, hey, if I make something cool and it catches on, it'll be worth money, and then somebody bigger than me will come and take it, and then I can go to the Bahamas and hang out, I think is what people think happens. What really happens is you make a product, you work your fucking ass off to make sure it's the best product ever. A couple people will appreciate it because value is really hard. Like if you put time and effort into something, that's hard for somebody to realize unless they are one of the you know top 10% of consumers. And then you have basically the attention of the top 10% of consumers, not mass market. So you continue to work your ass off and develop and keep developing your product for basically an unappreciative 90% of the population. That's the real American dream. And if you can make a living doing that, you should be really fucking appreciative. And you shouldn't come up with like new jargon so that you can trick fucking people coming to do a seminar because you couldn't come up with a meanwhile supplement. Like this, this becomes, the it leads to I'm the guy with special knowledge. I'm the guru. <laughs> Mark, Mark. I'm, just, I'm just like, there's a reason it's called nonprofit publishing. <laughs> it's, it made sense the second it came out of our mouth. Like yeah. the idea that like uh, somebody who, who's a, and this on my um, last experience with, doing some drugs <laughs> there was a guru and like a literal guru involved as a, a shaman and i noticed that like that's an extreme version of it like he's got the hairdo and the fucking linens and like the whole shamanic semi uh eastern philosophical semi slash whole foods nutrition I say, but does that look any different than like that post ah, he looks like he's a band member in 311 but the, the you know what I mean? Like the way yeah. he looks and dresses is oh. the same thing as like that Instagram post. Oh yeah, it, 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 like he's wearing a necklace full of onyx. Like and it like the, all the things that that lady was making fun of is an actual practice for this person because they assign spiritual qualities to inanimate objects, which is a sign of a guru. But it was it was kind of phenomenal to see how people react when they think somebody has special knowledge. And in this case, like. Doing a drug elicits certain visual and perceptual changes that they they really can change your life in certain aspects. But when you're the person who facilitates that, you have to come up with jargon and stuff to allow people um, the safety net of saying, okay, this guy really knows what he's talking about. So he mumbles a lot. <laughs> That's Instead of jargon, he's he, just he real just, quiet. He just, he just unintelligible yeah. stuff. And you think like, oh my God, he's dropping more yeah wisdom and, bombs and so me and roger were at this experience and we we're like after it you know he, he's going to speak and so people gather around i'm like this ought to be good and so people have he's like oh allow like five minutes for questions like that's your experience <laughs> and you, he's literally like him. candle no i don't know not at all like i i appreciate i appreciate um the acting ability <laughs> Which might be that that might sound like like I'm I'm dinging him. I'm not. He was he was very useful. Like it, what he knows probably specifically about drug use is more than I know. Yeah. Like I'm not saying that he's useless by any means. It's just when you can't sell the utility of knowing a specific subject, and people need to be sold on the uh, divinity or the thing that they can't understand, they need to be sold on that. Then you run into problems. So I think one of the first questions was like, "What are animals?" And I was like. This ought to be good. 
<laughs> and me and Roger just like our heads hang low when we heard like the mumbled half-ass answer about spiritual beings, and we we're like, you know, you just ruined a good experience. <laughs> you just, you, I'm like right back into the world of just reading a it, fucking post on Instagram. Is water makes, wet? Yeah, is water that makes no sense. And I, I don't get me wrong, I like philosophical paradoxes and thought experiments that have no answer and things that just make you go, "Haha, that's weird." But I don't like bullshit. Uh, on <laughs> on that note, say <laughs> so you have you have a guest. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, we're right here, so we're gonna <laughs> double up on these today. And that actually, I mean, I have some thoughts on like how to stay away from guru. Most I think is like learning to communicate better. Um, do you have any departing thoughts on this one? <laughs> Other than you want to go get medjool dates and soak them and make yourself a beverage? No, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm on the Vitamix, you know, multiple Vitamixes, so I don't have to. <laughs> Did you bring your mason jars in? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but they don't, they have clear liquid. In I'm them. looking clear forward flammable to the liquid. clear flammable the, liquid in the mason jar, yeah. The feminist coalition of foam rollers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, go, I, I mean, I just... Happily, that McSweeney thing, I mean, it's just that it, that was mockery because, mm -hmm. like you said, it's sometimes it's pretty hard to identify um, whether it's um, satire or re or the real thing, which I guess is the mark, the hallmark of actual good satire. Um, <laughs> and, you know, as far as like a, a way to, I think it's a human nature thing. It, you know, we can probably uh, avoid you know, by being somewhat self-aware and paying attention to stuff and, and honest, I think we, we can probably figure out ways to avoid, um, you know, falling into that trap ourselves. But as far as uh, getting other people to like look in the mirror and use the mirror for the knife that it should be, uh, I, 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 I am uh, pretty cynical. So, I mean, uh, because I, uh, we kind of oversaw, but I think one of the reasons why this is really, um, a fascinating discussion for me is because uh, people react to you much like you should be a guru. Like, I, I think it would be very well within the realm to you to be like, well, I'm not going to fucking say some shit. People are going to listen. And they would because you, you have a voice and uh, I would say a charismatic quality that people really respond to. The, the really fascinating part to me is that you do not take advantage of that. Like you do the exact opposite. And that was one of the reasons why I want to bring this a conversation. I was like, what is that what motivates you to not do that is because you see like the facade and that's something that you're like, yeah, I don't want to be that. I, I watched The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's, I don't know if it's a conscious thing. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think it is. I just like I just hate seeing people selling bullshit. Like if you're going to if you have an actual thing that you know, I don't want to say a product, but okay, you have an, you have an idea or a set of ideas and you've organized them into this presentation and you'd like to share that with people and teach it, you know, to, to teach it to them. That's great. More power to you. I've done it. So I can't sort of uh, say negative things about, uh, about that, but don't hide it in the thing. Don't pretend it's magic. Don't pretend that it's anything different. It's just like, oh, well, I just put the, I put the words in a different order or I, Get, came to this means and I figured out a, um, a, a way to, you know, tie it to some other 
activities or mm-hmm. okay, like okay, all of these ideas and all of these activities existed before. Okay, I just like mix them up and cook <laughs> them a little bit differently, but it's not special. It's not like a. Uh, it, it's not the, the answer. It was an answer for me. So uh, there was uh, we we hit on this. Uh, yesterday at lunch, the subject came up, and I think it's its own discussion. In it, but I kind of want to uh, hint at it a little bit, and that is, um, we were talking about math because I've recently taken up math and um, uh, getting coached on the fact that I'm a fucking idiot. You just got <laughs> you just coached. Got, <laughs> you just got coached. Um, and the idea in math that I thought was really appealing when when I recognized it, well, somebody pointed out to me because I'm not that fucking smart, was the fact that uh, mathematicians are a very unique uh, academic in the fact that most discoveries are inventions. Or people describe them as inventions. Like, And I, the, the relation here is like um, people take something that is fairly well understood and practiced among society and they just shift it slightly and they call it theirs. It's their invention, you know. I'm no longer, you know, carrying a heavy weight, sprinting up hills, and then practicing Olympic lifting. I'm fucking CrossFitting. Like, no, I, I did that. Dan John did that in fucking 1989. No, he was a CrossFitter, but it didn't. You guys didn't yeah. exist. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but we we put we made the thing. We did we blanketed it, and it's ours. But what one of the phenomenal things with mathematicians is they don't refer to what they find as an invention. They they declare that it's a discovery yeah that they found it because if you understand math you understand that it already exists we just know how, we just need to know how to define it therefore we're identifying language that everybody can understand well other mathematicians can understand yes um, but it is a universal language like there is no obs- when you're talking about math there's no abstraction for the thing and, and that that becomes a really interesting tenet of algebra is that they're um, a variable is the abstraction. We're using it to represent an idea. And so to just swing that back to the sort of guru thing is that, is that there maybe d- <laughs> 10% of them have discovered something. Mm. Um, and uh, called it an invention and mm. they're selling the thing, you know, whatever that is. Um, and, and then there's 90% of gurus didn't even discover anything (laughs) or uncover or or rework anything they just made a bunch of they just made it up or or copied and relabeled yes yeah Uh, and that seems to be uh i mean in the nutrition world that's pretty fucking yeah you're you are more accurate than the statement that i made i think athletes and clients too when it comes to gurus like want to search that out because they're looking for that quick fix when it's like when i get athletes they're like what's your what's your plan what's your thing and i'm like I don't, stick. I, I don't know you yet. Like, I don't know what my fucking plan is. Like, I have an idea of where I want to start. I have no idea where that's going to go in a week, let alone in six months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's going to go totally different rabbit hole, but I'm just trying to think of, like, how this applies to coaching and what I do and the questions people ask me from time to time. And it's just, like, I, I don't fucking know. Like, let's see. Like, people be like, oh, do you know what I'm going to do next week? And I'm like, well, let's see what you do this week first. <laughs> like... I don't. I don't know. Well, so in the in the guru's answer um, is heavily tied. So the mathematician thing is interesting because I think when you remove ego, most things become discoveries. Like when you remove yourself from it, you become as opposed to I'm going to get you here. It becomes we're going to figure out where you're going to go, and I'm going to help you along the way. That's that's the difference between a coach and a guru. Yeah, and, and let me let me coach you 
Keegan on the on the proper response when somebody says, uh, <laughs> "Well, what am I going to do next week? Do you know what I'm going to do next week?" Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 what is it? You'll find out next week. <laughs> <laughs> It's a yeah. perfect guru response. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Hiding intimate knowledge because you don't know is the perfect way to end. I, I, I believe that is. The, yeah. Nice. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Right. Yeah, thank, thank you for being here.